This episode of the Opie Radio Podcast, sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com, promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, to get 20% off and free shipping. Go whack your weeds. Jackie the Joke Man, how are you, buddy? Hey, baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> Where are you? Are you looking over uh, the Long Island Sound right now? Yes, I am sitting here uh, staring out at the beautiful blue waters of Long Island Sound. And I got uh, the South covered because I'm I'm staring at the ocean, my friend. Ah, yeah. all right. So we're, uh, we're bi-coastal. I, I had this weird idea and, uh, you know, bear with me. Okay, because it sounds a bit uh, uh, gee, but I was thinking I, I should have went to your house for this uh, this podcast, and we should have went. No, and- you not should have went. You should have gone to my house. Sh- I should have gone. When, when did you become an English professor? Now, why do you sound? You sound. Uh, are you on speakerphone? No, man. I'm. 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 I got a professional microphone and everything. Maybe your ears are going. No, it sounds like you're talking from a foot away. Oh, really? How about this? Is that better? It's the exact same. Look, I can hear you. Listen. You're well, lo- I didn't even say I wanted to hear you better. I just said I couldn't. You're losing your... I, I speak terribly, and you're losing your ears, man. We're getting too old for this shit. Oh, you don't have to tell me. So tell me your idea. I'm already in. Uh, oh, you are. Okay. I, I mean, it's a bit It's a bit uh, weird. It's a bit... Uh, I don't want it to be a bit gay, but it sounds like it, it would be. I was thinking I should have went to where you are, like the last time we podcasted, and we should have uh, did some skinny dipping. Skinny dipping? Oh, <laughs> I'm always ready to jump in, but I usually jump in and actually swim. I I swim, but I want to swim naked with Jackie the Joke Man because I I think that would just be weird. Well, you know, that's actually the last frame of my documentary. Is you naked? Well, I'm coming out of the water at late at night with the cup in my hands over as much of (laughs) uh, me as I can cover with one hand. Good for you, buddy. Uh, no, we're still. Yeah, well, come up here and let's go skinny dipping. I'd, I'd, it'd be a hoot. You come anytime. We'll go at night. We'll go at day. Yeah, I, I want nothing gay about it. You know, with, you know, sco- social distancing, whether it's COVID or skinny dipping, it's always a good idea. Oh, t- <laughs> oh, 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 trust me, we're not going to get the COVID if we skinny dip because I will stay uh, away from I you. I don't care about the COVID. I just don't want your hands all over my balls. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a jump. I just wanted I just want to skinny dip with Jackie the Joke Man because it would be weird. I'm not touching your balls I, I or anything. I totally agree, and that's the kind of thing okay. I would love to do. Okay. That's why I'm skinny dipping in my in my documentary just because it's yeah. weird. Also, I always always come home late at night after a gig, right? And take a swim, and then take a hot outdoor shower. Yeah, I mean it's the way to end the night. I, anyway, let alone after a comedy gig, you I, know, so I'm up for anything like I, that. Always. Oh, I, I, I agree with you. Um, we're still swimming in the ocean. Uh, it's really cold, but it wakes your body up, man. You, you feel really alive when you jump in really cold ocean water. But uh, I got to ask you, because I did a lot of my swimming in uh, the Long Island Sound, and we used to go swimming at night at my grandma's house in Wading River. But, man, I, I guess it was Jaws when we were growing up, but uh, night swimming always scared the shit out of me. Do you, do you ever wonder while you're out there and you can barely see anything? Do you get you a little know, scared? No, or not really. You, I mean, it's funny because you know, 
you know that there's no fish out there that are going to bite you. You know there's no sharks. Yeah. But then you start doing the math like, wait, there's sharks <laughs> yeah. in Massachusetts and there's sharks in the ocean and they're connected by this water. Right. And now there's climate change. I know they shouldn't be here, but do they know they shouldn't be? You can talk <laughs> yourself into anything. Of you course. Know? It's, that, it's that irrational fear that we all definitely have as much as we try to say we don't. So... Um, oh yeah! After after Jaws, there were people that wouldn't even get a drink out of a water fountain. You know, I had people crazy. You know, you're not exaggerating. I remember. I don't even want to admit this, but uh, I mean, you know, you're obviously from Long Island and spent most of your life on Long Island, if not all of it. You remember um, hopping um, hopping pools with your friends, or or were you rich enough where you had your own pool? <clears throat> no, we we didn't hop from pool to pool because. That there weren't enough people with pools, but did we jump in the pools? <clears throat> it's funny. There was a place up here called the Pig and Whistle. Yeah. That was a, a famous place down at the other end of Bayville, you know, where the rides are and miniature golf and everything. And there was a family called the Stallones that owned the Pig and Whistle. And the mother and the father and the two sons and the daughter and the cousins all worked at the restaurant. And they had a pool, like, uh, down the street down another street, and then up through the back of the woods, you got to their house. And yeah. it was so funny, because I knew Joe and Fred, and they'd say they'd come home late at night <laughs> after work, and, and they'd see the footprints around the pool, and yes. they go, oh, Jackie was here. Because <laughs> <laughs> we saw them swim in their pool. There's also a huge pool on the corner of uh, Mill River Road and 25A, sure. which is Northern Boulevard. Yeah, of course. There was a huge estate, right. and there was a pool in the corner of that estate and we used to climb through the woods and over the fence and we used to go skinny dipping there with girls and we're just sometimes with just the guys oh yeah you know sometimes the cops would come you oh, know yeah. it was uh yeah that, i don't know if, if there was a famous story i was coming home from the gold coast in glen cove with a girl and i wanted to take a skinny dip and it, it was vanderpools that's the name of the of the family vanderpool p-o-e-l vanderpool they're one of the wealthy wealthy pipe and rock club rich families on Long Island and I want to take a skinny dip and we're coming along and also and Vanderpool's was lit up like a Christmas tree I'm like god of course this would be the night to having a party there yeah and I get home and a while later my brother comes walking and he says Hey, we got busted at Vanderpool tonight. The lights that I saw were the cops busting my own brother for skinny dipping. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. So much fun. I don't, so, you know, yeah, we, it, there was nothing like jumping into somebody no. else's pool. That I, was great. I, I don't know if that's just a Long Island thing, but in high school, we would get really fucked up, drive all over the place drunk because that was kind of uh, what you did. And it was way more normal than certainly it is now. And then you would uh, you would uh, do pool hopping and and the thrill of maybe getting caught and getting away with it and whatnot. But I remember that uh, because of Jaws, we jumped in one pool and there were no lights and it was really dark. And I remember being I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I I remember being scared in an actual pool. How crazy is that? Especially because oh yeah, yeah, which is so, so illogical. But right. So much of fear is illogical. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great. That's great to admit that. You know, <laughs> is it? Pool, pools on Long Island was such a big thing, and the fact that the rich kids have it, we didn't. There's a real good friend of mine, Peter Bales. You know him? He's a comic. I know the name, sure. Well, Peter Bales, one of his bits were, you know, on Long Island, growing up on Long Island, like, you know, we all had rich friends. He said, we used to actually knock on my friend's door, and we'd be wearing flippers and, and a mask, and be in our bathing suits and knock on the door. And when he'd answered, we'd say, what do you want to do today? Because <laughs> they wanted to go in his pool. I was, that was such a Long Island joke, you know? <laughs> it's hilarious. Because I also remember that there were kids in my, uh, my school that we didn't really like, but we befriended them because they had pools. Simple as that. And then, oh, well, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the guy that's two years older is all of a sudden really popular because he drives a car. Uh, all that shit. Yeah, I think you we, know that stuff. It just it it adds points to whatever whatever it's called. You know, of course. If it's just if a guy had a cute sister or a driver's license or a pool, yeah, all of a sudden that you know that gave him clout with the other guys. <laughs> you know, it just did. A hundred percent. God, Jackie, it's good to hear your voice. I can't believe it's been over a year since uh, we did this. That's just ridiculous. I, you know, I, and I love getting together with you. I actually have things to announce, which is exciting. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm actually doing a, a second. It's not a sequel to my book, but I'm doing a sister version, a sister volume. Like when I wrote my book, I wrote enough for two books. Right. And I got a whole second book, and I got a publisher. Oh, beautiful! And it's it, listen to the name of this book. Yeah, go ahead. One day we're sitting on the air, and a caller called up and said, "Hey, Howard, you wrote two books, and now Robin just wrote a book." When is Jackie going to write a book? Yeah. And of course, Howard went into a rant about Jackie hasn't got any brains. He's got nothing to say. Why the hell would he ever write a book? <laughs> and then he said, we'll be right back. And we went to commercial. And as he pulled down the faders to his mics, yeah. he leaned over and, and he said to me, if you ever write a book, you're fired. <laughs> what the? <laughs> so that's going to be the name of my sequel. If you ever write a book, oh, you're fired. <laughs> and, he met, and he obviously meant it, right? Because he needed all the attention. Uh, you know, I, it was like, it was wink, wink. Like, yeah. you know, because obviously if I write a book, I'm going to say, yeah. And then there was the time I passed Howard a note. You know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah, but you're the type of guy, you got so many stories out of all the old crew from the Howard Stern Show. You know, you you were a partier and you came up with, uh, you know, all these great comics. Uh, you have you have stories for days. Of, and, of, and, of course, but, uh, you know, imagine Howard going, yeah, Jackie really should write a book. He's got lots of stories to tell. Yeah. He, he could no more say that than go shoot my sister. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, I think it, it, that just doesn't compute like that. You look, know, look, being a radio guy myself and, and the guy that sort of uh, was kind of like the quarterback to have someone like you in studio and not get stories out of you. I mean, they did from time to time, but you could have, you could have gave the, that show hundreds of stories uh, during your time with the Howard Stern show. You have show. no idea. So many times I would tell a story. Yeah. He would cut me off and say how bad my stories are. And Robert's there. And then I, everybody I ran into on the street would say the greatest thing in the world on that show is when you tell it, start oh, telling one of your stories. And we're always hoping he's going to let you finish. Of course. He he knew how to manipulate everybody. Uh, it's unfortunate because he's very successful and he's talented and all that horse shit. But uh, there was there was plenty of uh, of time to go around for everybody. And plenty, give, plenty of time. Plenty, And it, and it adds color to the whole of, show. Of you know? course. But who are we? We're, we're fucking podcasting and he's close to making another deal for $120 million a year. So what do we fucking know, Jackie? Yeah, like that's what I always say. You know, like here yeah. we are. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're going to critique him while he, you know, he, he buys the phone. He buys the phone company and cuts <laughs> off our phone. <laughs> By the way, I do want to mention your book was uh, Bow to Stern, and uh, I read it in like two days. It's an amazing book, and now you got the follow-up. What, what's going to be in the follow-up? You were not, you know, it was like Sophie's Choice. Like, I had to choose what goes in and what didn't go in. Yeah. The chapter about the making of private parts, <clears throat> how I wound up publishing the book without that chapter... That chapter alone, it shows them uh, leaving me out, being cheap to me, not giving me credit, right? Breaking my balls, right? I mean, every check mark of the crap that I got done to me on that show behind the scenes is integrated into that. And that chapter didn't make it in the book. That that chapter alone is is a book. Now we, you know, the, they were making the movie without me in it, and then yeah. you know, and I got paid practically nothing for playing myself in a major motion picture, right. and I wrote my own line, which wound up being one of the funniest lines in the movie. You know, there's a whole lot. You know, people say what was the greatest times you had on the show, and one of the greatest times was making that movie. It was just, it was so much fun just being there and being part of it and. You know, Jenna Jameson being naked didn't hurt either, you know? Right, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Um, but uh, but he didn't really want you in the, in the movie at first. Well, what happened was I, I don't know what they were doing exactly. Yeah. But they were producing the movie, and they had a production chat. They had a production house somewhere, a production office. And one by one, people were going and talking to the producers and coming back with a hat on it that said H. You know, and I just was never invited. And then at one point, Stuttering John told me, yeah, he said this hat that I just was taught down at the production office and they asked you questions and put you on video. And I had to sign the rights away to anything I said or did. And they said to me, listen, don't tell anybody else about this because everybody's not included. Yeah. And I thought that was just me. But in retrospect, it might not have been Fred either. 
because, you know, as much as I contributed to Howard, Fred contributed even more from the very, very beginning. From the, you know, when God created heaven and earth and Adam and Eve, and there was Fred Norris. Yeah. Putting the show on its first wobbly legs. So who knows? And then they threw that whole thing out the window and started over. And that's when they brought me aboard. But I sat there for months and months. You know, in that little room with me and Fred and Howard and in close quarters and knowing that the, these guys are working on a movie, uh, you know, about this show that I'm part of. And, I, you know, it was like, you know, everybody knows the feeling of being left out. It's an ugly feeling, but of to course. get a good dose of it daily, Jesus Christ, that's, you know. that's That makes for a tough working environment. That, that'll that uh, create some bitterness, right? Yeah, well, I wasn't bitter. I just was kind of astounded. But you know, you get so <laughs> you get so used to all that crap. You right. know, it's it. You know, I hate to say it was just like more of the same. You know, he's. Uh, so, but I I loved it. You know, and I'm sure it didn't it, it didn't make me write one less joke. You know, right, like right. if you're a professional, you're a professional. You know how it works. You yeah. know, but it was really really fun and. Uh, and who knows? You know, I, I whether this was going the last time I spoke to you, but you uh, do uh, these cameo.com things? Uh, they want me to do that. Hold on, man. Howard's calling. Hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. I hung up on them. Someone was calling. Probably a probably a telemarketer. When my phone rings, I, I know it has to be a telemarketer because no one actually picks up the phone anymore and, and has a conversation. It's all through text message. But, uh, yeah, the cameo people literally uh wrote me on my instagram page and like you know a lot of people are requesting you and you can make blah blah with cameo and uh i don't know are you doing it listen i'll tell you right now when i first heard about it i thought this is low rent this is like hitting the last rung on the way down before you land on your face yeah and then all of a sudden i saw a lot of people were doing it and i said let me give this a shot and i said you know what i'm not going to charge a lot of money because uh you know i'll see if i like doing it and I, I don't charge. I only charge 50 bucks, but like I did two this morning when I woke up. Right. And I didn't know this, at the, but the COVID thing hit, and there's no comedy. There's no nothing. Yeah. And I'm a heroin addict, and this is like my methadone. Right. You know, I, do, I get on there and tell five or six or seven jokes to somebody, happy birthday, or, or how you doing, Mrs. Smith? This is from, you know, courtesy of your husband. He wanted me to tell you a Jew joke. <laughs> and I tell a bunch of jokes and laugh. Right. And it and it's like it's like uh, Popeye spinach for me. So I'm uh, winning and making a few dollars at it, and it's and it's really fun. Yeah, I, I I think you should try it and give it a go. You'd be surprised. It's so stupidly easy. No, you I know. know you it look is. in your stupid iPad, and yeah. and they got it so rigged up. You just push a button and you say hello. This is Opie. How you doing? Why the chicken cross the road? You hit the button right. and then hit it's, launch and you're done. It, you know, there's, there's no work to it at all. They made it so easy. It's, you know. it's absolutely made for uh, comedians that have that itch uh, still. All right, hold on, because you got you got a couple things in there I want to go off on, but I got to I got to talk about uh, Manscaped for a second. Do you know what this Manscaped is all about? Uh, now you're talking about about the guys that shave their beards, but they leave the beard there. No, Manscaped is a razor for your balls. Do you do you shave down there, Jackie? Shave down there? What if I missed? The, 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 see, that's, Dude, uh, you know what? I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, go I, ahead. A couple times, for whatever, I've had a girlfriend here and there that said, you know. You're a big bushy down there, and then you cut all the pubic hair off, and you're like, look how big my cock looks. Wow, yes, this is not a bad course. idea. Of course. When you see a tree, and it has all the shrubbery around it and the weeds, and you cut down the weeds, then you're, yeah, you're, your piece the looks bigger. Big. You know what's so funny? One day, right. I don't know why I came in and said it, but I admitted to the guys on the show, I said, I'm so freaked out because i just looked down there last night yeah and i got gray pubic hair and yeah. the minute you got gray pubic hair you say well that's that yeah tomorrow my hair is going to be gray and i'm going to be bald yeah the hair stopped being gray it's no longer gray and my hair is still blonde it's gray on the temples yeah but it's kind of a blonde gray so i don't know how it works but I'd never. <laughs> you know, are you talking about cutting your hair on a regular basis to keep it neat down there, dude? Manscaped has figured it out. They got the weed whacker, and you shave you shave everything down there. Uh, you know your balls and everything. Yes, you, you keep, shave your. Is this a product? How old are you? People are shaving their balls these days. Of course, it's a product. They're sponsoring shave, the goddamn podcast. It, you're, you're selling ball shaver. Tell them to. 
Tell them to send me some ball shaver, and I'll put I'll post pictures of my shaved balls for them. I will give you a Manscaped razor. It's uh, manscaped.com, promo code OPIE, 20% off and free shipping. I can't believe that I Jackie the Joke I Man. Were, I thought you were fooling around. No. I had no idea this was on the level. No. Uh, what about, uh, are you still with that lovely uh, woman of yours? Barbara, she'll be thrilled if I, if I uh, you know, I'm, I'm a mess. I got a big goatee in my hair. You know, I, when I kiss her, it's like I'm kissing kissing a whisk broom. You know, when I kiss my girlfriend, I yeah. feel like I'm kissing an Italian girl. Right. Well how, ba- <laughs> well, how bad is it down there? I'm scared. I'm not skinny dipping with you anymore. Are you telling me, does your wife do it for you? Oh, why would, why? No, you, the, the Manscaped, the Razor, the Weed Whacker, uh, Manscaped.com, promo code OPIE O-P-I-E for 20% off and free shipping. No, it's nice and easy and you don't get the nicks and you're not a bloody mess and, or or anything. And actually, I love the Razor so much that I shave my face, my back, my uh, my chest and my arms with it. I, I do the summer shave down with the Manscaped Razor. They want, they don't well, want. You do all that first and do your balls last, right? Yeah, man. And, and you know, it, when it grows back, it gets a little itchy, but then you pick up the manscaped razor and you and you shave it back down again it sounds like fun listen i'm old it i can't even like bend fun. over i just have to take somebody's word for it that my cock's still there so you can't even see but i will dick. give this a go you know that this is it sounds like something for the buddy system you know no, no it's not it has nothing to do with the buddy system you you, you do it in the privacy of your bathroom uh, jackie can you see your dick still Jeez, i, I you know Oh boy! If you do it in the mirror, then you got to do everything in reverse. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we've we've all tried that trick over the years with uh, with our faces. So, all right. Well, I, I'm amazed. Well, that- I will I will manscape and I will give you I will call back and and leave yeah. you a nice voicemail of how. Uh, excited I am yeah. and how it, it right, improved right. my sex life. My sex life went from zero to zero. <laughs> Look, I mean, do you use scissors to at least like trim it down a little bit? And by the way, I'm not for making it completely bald down there. Do you understand? But I, you know, I, no, I, I no, keep it all I nice. get it. I get okay. it. You just trim it up a little bit. I and I do do that once in a while. I take outdoor right. showers. All right. And the, and the book, you know, it, it does get a little bushy and a little crazy, and it's. I get- and it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to, uh, tending down there. And, and it- I hate to get caught tending down there, but that's okay. Well, and and the hair starts, you know, spreading to the upper like uh, leg slash hip region, and the manscape's perfect. You just shave that right right down. All right, enough of this crap. Manscaped.com, promo code OP O P I E. Get twenty percent off and free shipping. And we didn't even talk about all the other great stuff they have. They they have deodorant for your balls, uh, Jackie. <laughs> My balls do not smell. How do you my know? Balls, now, I, my tits smell. Oh, why? You got the... Uh, I just made that up. I uh, made that up. Oh, I, don't okay. yeah. I don't smell. Do you, I don't smell. I don't have B.O. You know, I had friends in school, yeah. two brothers that had B.O. so bad, they worked at the racetrack, and they used to scare the horses. <laughs> Are you but, serious? I swear to God, I had two brothers. Their father was a jockey, and they worked at the racetrack, and they smelled yeah. worse than the horses, honest to God. You... You but want- uh, I've not had a real bad bo problem. But all right. you know, now is this something that feels good when you spray it on your balls, yeah. like a, a nice and cool? It gives you a little confidence because you know it uh, doesn't smell like low tide. You know you're all good. You know you fr- you shower and then you you put on some of the the ball deodorant. I don't know what the name of it is at this moment in time, but it it certainly works. But uh, we're but we're done with that. I want to tell you my horse story. So all I, right, I, I you was- know what Fred Norris said about women. What. He said, if it smells like fish, it's a dish. If it smells like cologne, leave it alone. <laughs> Go ahead. Where All right. We? So I don't even know, which is perfect. That means I'm, I'm loving this. That means that this is a good episode. So when I was in college in Geneseo, you know, we all had, uh, you know, the college jobs. For me, thank God, it was uh, working at the at the uh, the mess hall, or whatever, and, uh, you know, doing the dishes. But my friend on the weekends, he had to get into a raincoat, a rain slicker, and he went off to the horse farm and he and he helped mate the the, the horses. Well, like he had to put his arm up the horse's vagina and everything uh, to plant the seeds and all uh, that. I, he never officially explained if he had to take the horse dick and put it into the horse vagina, but he was certainly in the stable when it was all going down. They had to wear rain slickers because, you know, when the horse is ready to rock and roll, man, you don't know where that shit's going to go. 
This is a true. <laughs> this is a true story, by the way. This isn't some old hack bit. This guy would leave in the morning, like really early on a Sunday or whatever, at seven in the morning, miserable with his rain slicker on, unless he was just fucking with all of us, unless the you know the gag was on us. But uh, he swore that his job was to help mate uh, horses. Now you're not going to believe this, but I did a movie uh, where I got the French kiss, uh, Mrs. Brady. Uh, and Joe Rogan was in the movie, a uh, billion different people in this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> and the, the gist of the movie was the mob was betting on a horse. And what they were going to do was put a cell phone up the horse's ass. And then in the middle of the race, they were going to call it and it was going to be on vibrate. Yeah. And that was going to make the horse win the race. <laughs> so they actually went into the stall and the guy put on a big glove and then took the cell phone and stuck it up the up the horse's ass. That's hilarious. And then the horse kicked. Right. And the guy went flying back, and then the guy lit a cigarette. That, <laughs> that was that, so funny. That, and then, of course, the horse is running the race, and they call the cell phone. Yeah. And, of course, the battery's dead in the phone, and the horse loses, and everybody gets killed. You know. But that was the actual <laughs> plot of the movie. That's an awesome plot. But the guy actually did put his right. put his arm. I guess they really do put their arm up there. Oh, yeah, they do. All the way up to the elbow, my friend. Oh, my God. I, I, and I... <laughs> You know, I don't want to play one up you, but uh, when you when you when you talk about the, these great stories and and they're hilarious, it, it it brings back memories. So, you know, back in our day at the Opie and Anthony show, one of the bits we did as shock jocks, we wanted to see if we could get a cell phone to ring up a girl's uh, vagina, and. It didn't work, uh, but it was sure fun uh, trying to make it happen. <laughs> But but the weird thing was it was back when the phones were pretty damn big. That's what that's the amazing part of this story. And then remember the phones started getting uh, a lot smaller, and then they figured out the you know obviously the now smartphone. what kind of phone was it a clip? I mean a flip phone? Oh yeah, it was a flip uh, a flip phone with a, with an antenna. But we felt like uh, we'd be cheating if the antenna was sticking out. Obviously, so we put the whole thing in there, man. Who was the girl? Is she still around? Oh, I don't know. They were faceless back then, Jackie. Before I became a feminist, they were all faceless to me. It was it was amazing what people would do, you know. Yeah. The girls would do anything to get on the air. Right. And people would say, how could you guys force girls to do that? Nobody ever forced anybody to do anything. Oh, God, no. They tripped over themselves, to you know, just like girls get, getting into Hollywood. You know, you know people... You know, did did people in Hollywood take advantage of women? Yeah, right. It, only the girls that fought their way to the front, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And not that it makes it right, but you know, it takes two to tango. You know. Well, we, uh, yeah, anything we thought of, the the phones would uh, light up, and and the the volunteers. It was incredible how many people wanted to do these crazy things we uh, were attempting. The other thing we attempted was a girl. She was nine months pregnant, and we were trying to have her have her kid. Uh, live on our show. Oh, gee, now Jesus Christ! And we and we brought her in, and we made her run the stairs at WNEW. They had some nice stairs, so we were making her exercise like crazy. Of course, she had to be completely nude. I don't know why, but she had to. I guess in case the baby came, you know, she'd be ready. And she had her husband there. And one of the things she had to do was uh, she because everyone was giving us advice. They were calling in, and they're like, you know, if, if they start having sex. Uh, that could uh, induce the labor for 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 her. So they also had sex in our studio while we were doing our uh, our radio show. While um, she was pregnant. Yeah, oh, oh, over nine months. She was uh, past her due date, but we couldn't get it done. And it's one of my biggest regrets, there, Jackie. <laughs> my God! Now, did, did the kid reach over and touch the guy? Uh, oh, very good. <laughs> Jesus. God, and that would be the ultimate if the kid got the guy off. You yeah. Know? We had Greg Brady in studio, you know, Barry Williams. And we were so we were so jaded, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And we were doing an interview with our friend Barry Williams. He was he did our show a lot. And he it, during the interview, he goes, uh, is anyone gonna acknowledge that that couple's having sex in the corner? And, <laughs> And, and me and Anthony are like, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, because what happened was NEW decided to remodel the studio with a brand new rug. 
And our first thought was we got to christen the rug. So as a side thing, a couple came in. They agreed to do this. They came in and they were having sex in the corner while we were interviewing Barry Williams. And he's like, we're just, we're, we're just not going to acknowledge what's uh, going on. Right. And meanwhile, he was the horn dog himself. Oh, boy, was he. He had sex with my girlfriend, Florence Henderson. Well, that's true. Back in the that, day, you right? Know, he, he got the, you know, I never got near him. Meanwhile, he had her. He, yeah. he had his TV mother. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> That is just fucking weird. If you if you were brought up with the Brady Bunch, that is just really strange. So yeah, and that wasn't ju- that wasn't just some Hollywood rumor. That really happened. Oh no, I know. Uh, uh, Barry became a friend of mine, and we we did many uh, many dinners, and he he admitted that, and and uh, yeah, uh, most yeah, of his- he was an, he actually came on the show, and we he hung out. You know, we had a whole big afternoon where we all hung out making a video for John, one of John's songs for Atlantic. Right. And it was like Gilbert Gottfried and Sting and Gene Simmons and Barry Williams, all of us, everybody, but Howard wouldn't be in it. (laughs) Why? (laughs) You know, how many times we asked that question? Meanwhile, Sting is in it. Barry Williams, you know, Grandpa Al, you know, was what a cast of characters. Sure. Yeah, and Howard's like, this is uh, beneath me. Well, I, you know. I mean, if you got Sting among, in the room. Among the other reasons, you know. Yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, uh, there's a couple more things here. Uh, so last time I talked to you, we were we were filming your uh, your documentary. That was over a year ago. What the hell's going on with that thing? It, well, it is finally finished. Yeah. Uh, we actually we finally got Mark Cuban in it, believe it or not. Oh, beautiful. I remember you were trying to get him uh, in the film. Yeah, we got that. And uh, But the whole main thing we wanted to do was take the documentary to film festivals. Right. Because the most fun thing in the world is going to be doing the Q&A afterwards because everybody's still interested in the show. Yeah. And they got questions for me. And I know there's so much interest. And then, of course, the COVID hit. Right. And we're like, well, you know, we don't want to bastardize it by doing these online festivals because the online film festivals were a joke. But now it's so obvious that we're in this whole COVID for the long run that now it looks like the uh, the online festivals are being put together really, really well. And uh, we might wind up going that whole route because the film is ready. More importantly, did you cut me out of the documentary? No, you're in there full time. You know, we, 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 did, we put that, uh, we tiled your face because, it, it, you know, it, it's really not good looking enough for the documentary. <laughs> but you can, you, can, you can tell us you by your voice. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, the thing, is, the thing looks really good, you know, and uh, I'm really proud of it. I mean, Ian, they, everybody that's seen it, they just, you know. Yeah. They think it's pretty pretty cool. So, so, so where you at with this COVID thing, man? Are you scared of it, or uh... you know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I vacillate, right? Because you know, you want to be scared, but you don't want to, you, you don't want to be shut in forever, right? But you, you can only make one mistake, Opie. Of course, you know what I mean. It's not like well, I fucked up four times last week. I'm seventy-two years old, right? You know, if I get it, you know. It, it it doesn't it's not a death sentence but it certainly could be touch and go you know what i mean so well your your lungs are a little rough from all the the pot smoking over the years you know it, it hasn't really hit anybody yeah that i know well the guy that was a really great guy who was uh, uh shooting stuff into my knee because i got a bad left knee and he was putting stuff into into my left knee that was uh greasing it to make it work well yeah he kind of was a non-believer. He was like, you know, fuck this bullshit. Right. And he went away and boom, he caught it and he was dead in three weeks. And he was, he was only like 58 years old. That, you know what I mean? You you, you got to give this thing its fucking due, man. You you can't yeah. toy with it. You know what I mean? Holy shit. I didn't expect that uh, ending to that story. No. And <clears throat> I was going to say... It hasn't really gotten anybody I know because that's the closest person. Right. And there was just a guy who, but he was a good friend of my ex-wife's husband, uh, my ex-wife's boyfriend. You know, they worked in the same building and that's how he wound up working on my knee. And he, 
he just couldn't have been a nicer, more generous guy. And he worked on the Islanders and the Rangers. He was a you know orthopedic guy, but he just did not respect this stupid virus. You know. Wow, that's so. Tr- I, you know what? I, you got to read a book called "The Pandemic of 1917." You won't leave your house. Yeah, you th- think you were scared of the sharks in the pool? Holy yeah. Christ! Yeah, that's the Spanish flu. That was the last time we had something like this. Crazy, crazy, uh, crazy, man! Absolutely. How's the attic? <clears throat> the attic is absolutely full. Uh, as of last week, I harvested everything and uh, beautiful. Crop twenty twenty is Gorilla Glue. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know anything about, it, but it's the weirdest name for a strain of pot. Yeah, and I finally found out. The reason it's called Gorilla Glue right. is because after you smoke it, right. you feel like somebody glued you to the couch. Oh my God. <laughs> gonna... So I got, a, I got a big bag of it here sitting waiting for you. I was going to ask, do, do I get a little taste? Well, come up here. Come up and visit me. You don't, you don't have to bring the podcast. Come up and let's have a hamburger or a steak and shoot I, the shit. I would love to, but you sound a little coffee. You're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm so paranoid. I will. I will share my disease with you. All right. I am so paranoid, Jackie. I, and people are like, you got to calm the fuck down. And uh, but you just told uh, the story. You just don't know. Nobody knows anything. I'm an introvert by nature, so this is really perfect for me. I I I, I can't lie. I, I I like being by myself. I like uh, chilling at the ocean. So. I don't feel like I'm missing anything because, you know, it seems like the the right thing to do right now. I I have a horrible, horrible case of survivor's remorse because, you know, I got a very, not just a a pretty girl, but she's a great cook and she's very sweet disposition. Yeah. And we live on the water and we eat like kings and, you know, we had a scare with our cat and our cat is absolutely fine and... Our friends are all nice. So we're living like kings and queens right? while the world is collapsing around us. And it's like you almost feel, you know. Of course. You uh, feel terrible because things are really, you know. The thing I'm learning through this whole thing is you got to be grateful. And, bl- and and I feel blessed, you know. Uh, I, I, yeah, you I, know, I feel very I, fortunate. I've used I, that, I, that I, word more in the last year than yeah. I ever did in my life. But we, yeah. are, we are blessed aside from growing up on Long Island at, you know, in the, in the golden spot of the entire globe at the golden spot of time. Right. You know, now we happen to be situated in just the right place when, you know, yeah, when everything is crazy. I haven't been to Manhattan since March. Um, we left March 13th. It was Friday the 13th and I've been back three, maybe four times just to get bills. I've, I've spent maybe four nights in uh, New York in the last six, seven months. I, yeah, I have an apartment and yeah, it's all same. in Broadway, and I have not a, been in it since the end of February. I was talking to someone from my building yesterday, and this is happening in a lot of buildings in New York, and I hope it's not happening in your, in your apartment right now. Uh, but the pipes are drying up because uh, the people are simply not living there, and that's giving the cockroaches an opportunity, and a lot of these buildings are getting infested with cockroaches because now they could travel no, through no, the pipes. No, no, building, you know, yeah, they, that, they're going in there, they're turning on the water, they're, they're juggling things around. Our yeah. building has that covered. Well, but we, I have heard of that, you know, you know, while, you know, while the cat's away, the mice will play, you know, it's that simple. Well, we have, uh, we have a few cockroaches and I, I got a decent, uh, you know, I got a decent apartment in New York city and they're certainly uh, making their way into uh, our apartment from time to time. We've killed a few. So this is a real issue that is happening in New York city, that and the rats, cause the rats don't have enough food to eat because there wasn't enough people in New York city. This might've calmed down that they were coming up from, uh, uh, you know, underground and getting way more desperate and literally uh, walking right up to people as they're dining on the sidewalks. Oh, yeah. No, I read about, you know, because if they get hungry enough, yeah. they get balls here. Oh, they'll nibble you know? on your toes, man. You know, just like stupid cats. I know, I heard you say cat, and I'm a dog guy. Uh, I did have cats growing up, but... Those cats will eat you if, God forbid, Jackie, you know, you, you're you dead in your house. Within two days, that cat that you took care of is going to start eating you. 
Well, I'll tell them where I'd like them to start. <laughs> <laughs> if they could get through the weeds, you animal. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to do is use your Manscaped 20% off coupon so yes. it make it easier for my cat to get at my cock. Yeah, promo code OPIE, manscaped.com, 20% off free shipping. Beautiful, Jackie. Hey, um, so Bill Burr was on Saturday Night Live, a, a good friend of mine, um, and he had a great set. As a comedian, you, you had to be proud that he uh, he pushed back against uh, against uh, cancel culture and, and the PC police. What, that your- was, uh, yeah, I, I never watched Saturday Night Live. I never remember to. Like, I always watch the, uh, try to watch the Alec Baldwin crap and the Jim, the Jim Carrey thing. With that, that whole thing was great. Yeah. But I did watch Bill Burr's... Uh, monologue on on youtube or whatever it was on it was great you yeah know. yeah he's you know it's brilliant and and you know i mean we all been laughing at uh you know they gave the black people the shortest month for black history month <laughs> that's but that's been a running gag forever yeah, but that's, right. you know yeah but he, the fact they gave the, the the longest month to the gays i mean that's just so funny it was, you know it's just it, it's the guy's brilliant. Yeah, and, he's really yeah. good. And, and people got so freaking mad, but what a great observation that, you know, black people got the, the month of February where the sun barely stays up and it's always gray and it's just a terrible month. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was great. And I, I thought every comedian out there should literally thank Bill Burr because I think he really helped uh, comedians in general by pushing back so hard on such a huge platform like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, you know, it, it, and like like everything, you know, nobody, very few people would take it or leave it. It was like either you know all balls for or all balls against, you know. Right, exactly. But it was it was great. It was great. I know, you know, I know a lot of those Boston guys. I love those Boston guys. I've been old friends with Lenny Clark forever. Oh yeah. But I never met Bill, so I'd like to meet him someday. Ah, you would but, love Bill. Uh, did you get? Did you ever perform at the the comedy store in L.A.? No, I was never on that stage ever. I mean, there's a documentary on Showtime. It's all about the Comedy Store. So I, I was just wondering if you ever performed there. You ever hear the story of uh, the Hyatt and the Comedy Store with the comedian who jumped well, from I the just, roof? There's a million. There's, they what they call it the Riot House, right? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know, but uh, it's the Hyatt, which is right next to the Comedy Store, and they had that comedy strike back in the day. And after they figured out that whole comedy strike thing, some of the comedians. Uh, they, they weren't allowed to do sets or spots anymore at the comedy store. Uh, you know, uh, Mitzi was like, no, sorry. And one of the comedians that definitely had mental issues, I think he was good friends with Richard Lewis. He's like, he was so desperate after this, uh, comedy strike and he couldn't get spots anymore that he went to the roof of the Hyatt and his goal was to jump and land in front of the comedy store. That was going to be his big, uh, his big ta-da and uh, he jumped. He didn't make it to the front of the comedy store, but he absolutely jumped. I, you know what? I do remember that story from way, way back then. Yeah. I mean, crazy-ass uh, story. But it's part of this Showtime documentary series. As a comedian, I think you would really enjoy it. And you obviously know all the players that are on this damn thing. Oh, no, so. I, would de- I would definitely enjoy it. Yeah. I would definitely enjoy it. So you know. I-, I mentioned Bill Burr and cancel culture and the PC thing because online you're still being jackie the joke man and i just laugh because you'll you'll tell you'll tell the most uh, offensive jokes on twitter and then everyone starts attacking you like you can't do this anymore and i'm like of course he can still do it why not you know know, please you know sticks and stones you know the jokes have been around forever and ever and ever and ever you know right you know i don't get crazily <clears throat> you know, directly, horribly offensive, but, you know, a, a sting here and a sting there, you know, take a chill pill. Right. You know, look around, you know, there's people dying and there's people shooting and, you know. Right. It's not insensitivity. It's just lack of oversensitivity. Well, I don't think, uh, oh man, I'm going to sound like my dad, but I, I don't think the younger generations really understand the job of a comedian and uh, or or comedy in general. I don't think they understand well, I, you know, it's weird to say, me. Who do you like? Who do you listen to? You know, things don't make me laugh. Right. You know, things don't make me laugh. And then I watch something stupid. You know, I watch the old Jack Benny show and I laugh. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not. You know, I hear my stupid jokes. I laugh at my own stupid jokes because they're still funny. That's why they're called jokes. Right. You know, they're not supposed to make you smarter. They're supposed to make you relax, you know, go away for a little while. But nowadays, if you find something not funny, you want to uh, make sure the whole world isn't allowed to laugh at that. And that's just insane to me. 
Like you just said, if you don't think something's funny, you're going to go off and find something that you do find funny. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, like if I don't like the opera, it's not my job to go out and say, hey, don't go in there. You're not going to like that shit. Yeah, of course. Or maybe the next person likes that shit. And we're putting up with it for some reason. I don't understand why there is a uh, maybe massive you are, pushback. I ain't. I'm sitting here no, in Vandal no. doing nothing. No, I'm no, looking no. looking down and saying, when's the last time I had a heart on? And I just <laughs> cannot remember. Jackie. But no, my... My point is, and you're 100% right, you're like, fuck that, because you're not worried about that. I certainly am not worried about that, but I mean the masses. I don't understand why they're not massively uh, pushing back against this dumb cancel culture. It's it's uh, you know, it's ridiculous. Well, there's, no place to, you know, there's no place to do it. It'd be interesting to see what, was, what would be going on right. at the comedy clubs if there were some comedy clubs. But, you know, do you know the COVID joke? Oh, no. Go ahead. A guy knocks on the neighbor's door. Yeah. And he says to his neighbor, hey, since the COVID hit, I haven't seen your wife. And his neighbor says, oh, she's out in the garden. He says, well, I was just out there and I didn't see her. He says, well, you, you got to dig down a little. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus, Jackie. How great is that? How great is that, he says. That's, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, my God. That's uh, just the greatest. That's just the greatest. He says that's, that's so just funny. The God, I miss you, Jackie. Now, anybody the joke, that man. doesn't think that's funny, yeah. is not alone with their wife or their girlfriend twenty four seven. Sure, since March. Well, you you did uh, hear about what's going on, so you know. Uh, being stuck in our houses with our spouses, you know, in a lot of cases, you're getting closer and stuff, but other people are realizing like, oh my God, I can't stand this person. So what's happening, especially uh, before they open things up a bit, uh, people were going into the closet to call divorce lawyers. Is that true? You know, That's true, it's not my that friend. you don't like the person. It's like if somebody says, here's a steak, eat this. Yeah. Every day for three months, you're going to say, I hate steak. You don't hate steak. You just hate steak on a daily basis every day. Right. You know, people weren't made to, you know, they, yeah. the old thing, oh, man isn't made to have one partner. Yeah. <clears throat> man isn't made or women aren't made to be with the same person 24-7. No. End on end on end. And not only that, you're looking at the calendar and the, and there's no... There's no finish line. No, no. You know, it's not like, hey, don't worry. You just have to make it till May 221, and yeah. then we're all set. You know, no, there's no finish line. Yeah, Cuomo said it's going to be about another year. He really believes. So who knows? You want one more? So, oh, so, sure. So, you know, people are trying to deal with this COVID, and uh, there's a lot of stress, and, uh, you know, there's therapy out there. You you probably have heard of the uh, the goat yoga, right? Uh, the goat, yeah, the goat yoga. Yeah, I heard it with the goats walk on your back. Yeah, and they. I had a goat in the studio back in the day. It was one of the first radio shows I did with uh, Anthony, and those goats shit every two minutes. So I don't know uh, what the appeal would be for goat yoga because they'll get on your back and they're gonna just shit immediately. It's the dumbest thing ever, but it became a uh, very trendy. So that's out there. Uh, but the new well, if a goat shit on your back, it'd make you it make you forget that your back hurt. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, but the new thing is cow hugging. Would you try this? Cow hugging? Cow hugging is a real thing. Uh, I'm trying to uh, it's it's somewhere else. I mean, I don't think they could get away with it. oh, it's uh it's uh it's Dutch, I guess. okay. Um, and basically, you could rent a cow and you could you could hug it. You could uh, relax against it, and the heaviness of the cow is supposed to calm you down, and their heart rate is a lot slower than yours, so it's supposed to bring down your blood pressure, and uh, you can hang out with the cow for a couple hours. Cows are very relaxed animals, and they don't fight, they don't get in trouble. You go to the field, and we have some special hugging cows, and you can lay next to her or what you like. People think it's very relaxing. When the hugging cow is lying down and the people are hugging them, she likes it and she finds it also relaxing. Some animals close their eyes and have a good experience. And when a hugging cow doesn't want to be hugged anymore, she's standing up and going away. You never know. <laughs> it's all the time a surprise. <laughs> 
How stupid now, is now, this? This is a joke, or you're having fun? No, this is real. This is absolutely I still have real. Nightmares. I have still have nightmares about the cows I dated in college. <laughs> I knew you were going there. You know, and they, I don't know how fast their heart was going, but I just know how fast I was going to get out of the fucking room when the lights came on and I saw who I was fucking. Oh, my God. You're not allowed to say that anymore. I was fucking a girl in, in college. This is a true story. She was so fat that yeah. I realized something was weird. Yeah. And I looked, and this guy I knew named Pizza Pete was on the other side trying to fuck her in the ass while I was getting her from the front. He was so skinny, and she was so huge that she eclipsed him. It was the funniest thing. I said, what the, what are you doing there, Pete? He said, shut up. I'm just trying to have some fun here. Holy uh, Christ. Bravo. But now you want to rent a cow and hug a cow. Yeah. Not, where are you going to yeah. hug a cow on Long Island? Well, no, I mean, this is uh, this is a Dutch thing, but they're saying it's, uh, let me see. Yeah, start by taking a tour of the farm before resting against one of the cows for two to three hours. The cow's warmer body temperature, slower heartbeat, and mammoth size can make hugging them an incredibly soothing experience. And giving the animal a back, you could give the animal a back rub. That's all right. Now we're getting a little weird. And then reclining against them or even getting licked is all part of the therapeutic encounter. This is real, my friend. And then do you whisper into the cow's ear, we're going to chop you up and eat you for the next month? How great would that be? How great would that be? Where you rent a cow, you do all that stuff, and then uh, for dinner, you're having a nice steak. That That's how fucked up we are. Yeah. You know, let me see how nice I can be. You know, people are say, oh, I, I, I eat only grass-fed beef. Right. Yeah, you feed it grass, and then you fucking kill it and eat it. Yeah. yeah you're really treating it like a prince. Yeah, exactly. You know, talk to me when you feed the cow grass, and then you set him free. Yeah, of then, course. Then you're a hippie. Okay. Not you fed him grass, and then you ate him. Well, because it's all about making ourselves feel better about what we're doing, right? Because uh, the cow you know. doesn't give a fuck if it knows it's going to the slaughterhouse, you know. Well, how how does that help? Anyway, you know, they, and they and they say if the, the chickens are raised yeah. in a little booth that's only like eight inches by ten inches, oh. and I think that's a shame. But like, what are they going to do? Go to the movies? They got no place to go. What the fuck do they care? Oh, you know? I learned all about that, but I don't want to bore you here. I, I guess a free range basically means they have a little door, so the the chicken has the ap opportunity to get outside. But the problem is that there's thousands and thousands of these chickens inside, and uh, most of them don't even have a chance of getting to that door. But if you say you have a door where they could go outside, then you could call it a free range chicken. It's all bullshit, my friend. I got to ask you, so Howard, one Howard question, and I've been trying to get the answer from you for years. Is it or is it not a wig? I, I come on, have, I let's do this. For I have, I honestly, honestly have no idea. And if it is, I never had any indication either way. I, I never, nobody ever posed that question. Yeah. Well, when I was still where I could, but you know, I was with the guy for eighteen years, and you know. It, it it is wacky that his hair is still the same color. I don't know. And, and you know what? To quote Richard Belzer, yeah, <clears throat> physical science has yet to come up with a unit of measurement for me to express how little I give a fuck. <laughs> I just don't give a fuck. But you know, I so many people are so obsessed with whether or not he wears a wig. Who yeah. gives a fuck? I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. Without that hair. Yeah. Oh, that's not a pretty picture. There you go. Uh, it's uh, Well, my thought on it is really simple. I saw the pictures you posted online recently with your goatee and your hair is getting a little wild. And, you know, um, a lot of us aren't getting haircuts. And he's the only guy out there that has the exact same hair. So that alone makes me think it's fake. Ah, yeah. They, uh, <clears throat> I know he's too paranoid to leave the house. Right. Is he importing a hairdresser? Nah. You're right. You're right. We shouldn't give a fuck. Uh, no, but I'll tell you, I don't know anything, and I don't follow anything. Does he still have that many people listen that he can command that kind of salary, or is that uh, a made-up number for the press? Well, no, what it's all about, uh, Joe Rogan signed for $100 million uh, for the Spotify deal. 
So you know Howard and his dumb ego. So he needs to be the highest paid broadcaster because at this point it's it, the the line is blurred and it's all it's all broadcasting in the end. So he just wants to make more money than Joe Rogan. That's what this is about. I'm on the other side. I don't have SiriusXM. When I when uh, you know after I made me and Anthony made them hundreds of millions of dollars and they were done with me and they kicked me to the curb, they turned off all my VIP uh, radios. And so I'm on the other side, just like you. And I honestly, not that they're talking about me, but I honestly don't hear anyone really talking about him on the other side of the wall. Well, that's, that's what I don't get. So, you know, but obviously there's got to be a lot of people listening, you know. I guess. And I know there's probably nothing on the radio. So if you listen to radio, this, but nobody's going anywhere. Right. Nobody's commuting. Right. You know, I, I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't either. You know. I mean, whatever. I'm jealous. I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm making like every time I do a Facebook live stream, I, I make uh, twenty, thirty dollars at a at, at a time. So yeah, sure, I'm a bit yeah, no, jealous. Yeah, it's rolling in. I'm doing cameo.com. <laughs> I'm on. You know what? <clears throat> All right, uh, let's end with one one Jackie joke. Give me one good joke before we uh, we wrap up here, Jackie. <clears throat> joke, man. So a woman goes to the hairdresser and she says, to "The hairdresser." We're taking a trip to Rome. This is Rome, huh? <laughs> Why would you go to Rome? Jesus Christ, it's filthy and crowded. It's disgusting there. Why would you go there? How you getting there? Just, oh, we're flying on Virgin Air. Virgin Air! That's the rottenness that they are always late, and the people on the plane are rude. It's such a crap airline. Oh, it's going to be horrible. Oh, man. Where are you staying? Oh, we're staying on the River Tiber at the Testament. <laughs> that hole! Everybody thinks it's such a great place. You know what? It's a piece of crap. People come back and say what a low-life place it is. Oh, well, that's where we're staying, and, and we hope to see the Pope when we go to the Vatican. Yeah! Yeah! Like, you're going to go to the Vatican and see the Pope. <laughs> Good luck on your stupid trip. So a month later, the woman comes back in to get her hair done again. He says, hey, so how was your trip to Rome? She says, it was really, really great. The plane was on time, and and they they thought we were such nice people. They bumped us up to first class, and we got treated so well. I had a 28-year-old steward that waited on me hand and foot. And when we got to Rome, it turned out they had done a $5 million renovation on the hotel, and now it's the finest place in all of Rome. And it was just fantastic. Yeah, all well and good. I'm sure you didn't see the Pope. She says, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We, we went to the Vatican, and as we were going on the tour, one of the Swiss guards grabbed me. And he said, uh, sometimes the Pope likes to say hello to the tourists. If you'll step over here and wait a few minutes, I'm sure he'd like to come out and say hello. So we stood there, and a few minutes later, here comes the Pope. He came out, and I put out my hand. And he shook my hand, and I bent over, and he spoke to me. Ha! Yeah, what did he say? He said, who fucked up your hair? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? What do you think he says? (laughs) You're a mess. Jackie's a mess. I love it. (laughs) Who fucked up your hair? Oh, Jackie, man. Did I tell you about the kid at, I think yeah, I told you about the kid at, at Gettysburg, right? I'm sure I told you that. Well, do it again. I don't give a fuck. Is someone hearing it for the first time? The kid, the kid and his grandfather are sightseeing. His grandfather says, Sonny boy, you see that field over there? That's where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863. You know, Sonny boy, a lot of people would say that was the turning point of the Civil War. The kid says, Doug, Grandpa, tell me something I don't know. He says, I I can fit my whole fist in your grandmother's asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love you, brother. I am so glad I'm friends with you. We we met 
we met so many years ago, and you were always, always nice to me. Always, I, I met well, you. Well, you know, everybody, everybody makes a mistake. You know? <laughs> I just want, for the record, I met you at the Oyster Bay uh, Oyster Festival uh, a million years ago, and you were back in the days when that was fun. Oh my God, it was so much fun. I told a quick. Hey, I got one. I, if yeah. you haven't heard this, you got to hear this. Oh, please You've go, go, heard go. This already, but if you haven't heard this, you got to hear this. I right, go. A girl goes to her high school prom, and the next day she sends her mother a text. Mom, the prom was great, but now I'm here at the beach, and Mom, I'm freaking out. I got cum in my hair. Her mother sends her back a text. Honey, I'm glad the prom was great. Listen, sometimes when you're blowing a guy and he wants to shoot on your face, he'll pull his cock out of your mouth, but they can't really control where it goes, and sometimes some goes in your hair. It's not a big deal. Just jump in the water. It'll wash right out. And the daughter sends a text back to her mother. Mom, thanks for the information. But I meant to type gum. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the greatest joke ever? (laughs)